Hello everybody, it's Michael Martin. Thank you for being here. A couple words of wisdom on keeping your losses small. You know, um, I take trades home overnight. I take them over the weekend. I feel like that's how I get paid for risk. You know, there's risk premium and I get paid that premium for keeping those trades on. But always in the back of my mind, just like for you, I'm trying to keep my losses small. And that gets to be a tricky game of how do you steal second base without taking your foot off first, right? And so you have to make a decision. You have to be decisive and you have to position size yourself in such a way that if something goes wrong, you don't get hurt, you don't get destabilized, and you don't lose all your capital. Like I'm trading so conservatively that um, I could probably let a trade that goes against me become an investment because I'm largely sticking with blue chip names. My two biggest losers are Berkshire Hathaway and Disney. I'm not exactly concerned about them, um, but I'm trading them so small at the beginning that uh, I give myself a lot of leeway, and then I add several times to get to my optimal size uh, at higher prices. So that's on the equity side. And the question becomes, how do you learn to keep your losses small? Because with stop orders, for example, you do have the potential for gaps and this and that. Well, again, you trade small. So that all of that can be priced into your stop placement. The only other way that I know that you can guarantee yourself a finite amount of loss is if you are a debit option trader, right? You have a $5 premium, you buy a call or a put, you're 500 bucks plus expenses. And that's the only way you can kind of guarantee that you're going to be in the ballpark of that number. Then the question becomes, if that's the worst case scenario, what does that $500 mean to you? as a percentage of your overall capital. Now, granted, you don't have to sit and watch the thing go to zero. You could stop out at three. Um, you know, I've heard lots of talk about putting orders in, stops and limits in the options market, which I understand. I look at them. It's changed a lot since when I was, uh, you know, starting to trade options in terms of the efficiency and not getting stepped on. But I think that's all relative to the time frame with which you're trading. Now, I remember reading an interesting quote by Ace Greenberg, who was a really great proprietary trader and tape reader at Bear Stearns, and he had a rule that I constantly kind of study and test myself, kind of in the middle of doing it now, where, you know, say for someone like myself who takes the risk home, you know, what happens when you come to the end of a, a week, like a Friday? Friday's arbitrary, right? It's just the Phoenician calendar, what does Friday mean from Tuesday, other than it's the end of the work week for some. And he had a rule that said it didn't matter if it was McDonald's or AT&T, if it was down on the books, coming into Friday's close, it traded. And I always respected that, you know, puke out your losers of any shape and size so that you start the next, you're not taking any loser home to meet your parents, just kidding. Now, that is an interesting strategy because what you're saying is if you buy something on a breakout basis and it comes against you but doesn't go always it doesn't go all the way to the point where you get stopped out did the momentum stall or did were you just a little bit early and then what of those trades that don't make money on day 1 how many of them rebound and resume their upward trajectory 
you know, that's the kind of stuff that I study to see if I can improve my exits, right? Because the goal is to preserve the capital and to be in the trades that are going to work out. So we talked about time stops, I think, a while back. And so this is a bit of a time stop that says, no matter what, whether we put it on Monday, whether we put it on Thursday, if it's down by Friday coming into the close, it trades. And that keeps things nice and clean so that you start the week with only winners or positions where you have, at least at Friday's close, unrealized gains. The only other way, like I said, that I know to come up with a concrete number that you could lock in that's as close as anything would be by, like I said, being a debit or a net debit option trader, you know, where you could buy and sell vertical bull call spreads for a net debit and then trade them for higher debits, right? You want debit trades, you want them to widen, you want your credit spreads to narrow. Um, so either doing outright puts and calls long, you know, your debits there. Um, those all have fixed losses. Um, at least in theory, there's all types of commissions and fees that you have to be concerned with. There might be some slippage on the exits, but the point is, is that you're trying to preserve your capital. Now, in my experience, especially in trading futures, um, they're liquid enough to trade where you will get stopped if you have a stop. And more than half of the time, I'm getting stopped actually at my stop price. There are certain markets where you have a big position and there's just not the size of the market at the bid ask to do the whole thing. So you see a little slippage in the skid. You might see three or four fill prices, each one a tick away. You know, so you have an order of, you know, 50 sugar contracts, you know, you get five done at one price, another five at another price, you get 10 done at the third price, and that's just the way that it works, right? But for the most part, the market is largely efficient to help you move the inventory when you need to. The question, obviously, the next thing to talk about is how big is too big so that if everybody in the world wants to do what you're doing, that you're not putting out the fire with gasoline. That's probably for another conversation, but... I'm also kind of go back to last week or the week before in that if you have a long stock position and it's not working out, the best thing to do is puke it out and get it out of the portfolio. If you start buying married puts or selling covered calls, now you're doing something that you don't have any experience in. And I talked about a, a, a figurative Chinese proverb that said, if you have a hole in the boat and you're out to sea, i.e. the risk is on, you don't drill a hole in the boat to let the water out because now you have two things that you have to manage, at least one of which is not making you money. Um, so you're better off to just offset the risk and get out of it. Now your head's clear, your capital's protected. Then you can go to your simulator and say, okay, if I'm going to do a synthetic call trade or uh, you know, a buy stock and buy a married put, when does it work out and how quickly do I have to take action if the stock goes against me before I start to lose money on the long put as well as the depreciation on the stock, right? So you can back test all of that, but I would do that in the safety of your own home without having the risk actually on so that you could back test and see what's the expected value um, of these types of things rather than try to experiment and do them because you're reluctant to just offset the trade and take the loss in the first place. So anyway, maybe you try what Ace Greenberg said, which was if it's down by Friday's close, it trades, doesn't matter when we got it, and or taking a look at maybe trading with small debit values in your options business so that at least you know ahead of time what your worst case scenario is. That's one of the benefits of options.
So I talk about an options trade in Intel Corporation way back when, when I learned a good lesson about how volatility impacts the option premia and uh, how I thought I was going to make a 10-bagger. I doubled my money, which was the door. It was the set of steak knives, not the Cadillac, so to speak, in Glengarry Glen Ross. Might find it amusing, entertaining. I look back and laugh at it and say how stupid I was. At any rate, it's fun stuff. I'm still standing. Hopefully you are too. Go get your copy of the audiobook version of The Inner Voice of Trading at martinchronicle.com and keep your comments and suggestions coming. I appreciate it very much. I'll see you next episode.